0: Welcome to the City Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. As a community of faith, we are passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus. The message for this week is from our current verse-by-verse study from the book of James. In each message, we will see some practical truths for living God's way in situations and circumstances that are often out of our control. As always, we would love to have you join us for a Sunday service sometime here soon in Vancouver. You can find directions, more info, and In our passage today, there's actually two different words that are used for patience. We're going to be in uh, verses 7 through verse number 11 in James chapter 5, in case you were wondering. Uh, but at first he uses the word that means long-tempered. It means long-suffering. We see it other, well, uh, other places in Scripture as long-suffering. Uh, we see it as a, uh, meaning endurance. And so it gives us the idea of this, I'm I'm going to endure, I'm going to continue on in the path that I should be going on, even in difficulty. And then in verse number 11, he uses a different word for the word patience, and it means to remain under, meaning there's a continual stress that is on you, but yet you continue to move forward. Uh, Somebody described patience uh, this way, a biblical patience, which means to stay put and stay fast, even when you want to run away. And that's a lot of the Christian life, isn't it? There are a lot of times where we just need to continue the course, even though there's trials, even though there's difficulty. Continue the course, even when maybe we'd like to escape from it all, but we just continue on. And so these people that James was writing to were suffering persecution. They were struggling in their faith. But James is writing to them and stressing to them the great importance of endurance. They needed patience for the suffering that they were facing. They also needed patience to deal with one another. And we need those same kind of, that same kind of patience in our lives. We need patience. We need endurance, church to deal with the suffering that you're going to go through in the Christian life. We live in a broken, fallen world, a world that is not friendly to Bible believers such as ourselves. And guess what? You're going to need some patience, some endurance to walk through that. In the same way, as a body of believers made out of different people from different cultures and different backgrounds, we need patience, we need endurance to deal with one another, to be kind to one another, to work through any issues that we may have and trials that come our way. We need that patience and endurance to uh, endure one another. <laughs> that sounds bad, endure one another. But you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. We have to look beyond one another's difficulties and flaws. And we need those patience, th- that kind of patience. And so James here says to this church, he says, I want you to have patience. And he's not just going to say have patience, but he's going to give us some reasons. And so let's get into our passage. So let's get right into verse uh, number seven. I want to read the first part of verse number seven where James says to us, he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Now, he's going to use this word brethren four times in the next few verses that we're going to see. And that's talking, again, about our commonality in the gospel, the commonality that we have as believers because of our shared faith in Jesus Christ. And so he says, listen, those of you who love the Lord, those of you who have a shared faith in Christ, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be patient. Why? For the return of Jesus Christ. So point number one this morning is to be patient. For the return of Jesus Christ. I hate to tell you this. Actually, I hate to tell you this. I like to tell you this. Christ is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's okay to say amen to that. You guys know what amen means, right? It means I agree with that. All right, good. That's good. All throughout Scripture, it declares to us in no uncertain terms that Jesus is going to return to this earth. It tells us in Matthew 16 that he's going to come again to reward every person for his work. In 2 Timothy, it tells us that he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. It tells us in Jude that he's coming to execute judgment upon unbelievers and the ungodly of the earth as well. We know in 2 Corinthians that he's coming again to judge us believers as well for our works, whether they be uh, wood, hay, or stubble, or gold, silver, and precious uh, stones. He's going to come back and there is going to be that aspect of judgment. But not only does scripture tell us about the return of Christ and what's going to take but he also tells us how we as Christians should live with that knowledge that Christ is going to come back. See, in uh, Luke chapter 19, it tells us that as Christians, we are to be busy, we are to occupy ourselves, the scripture says, we are to be busy in serving the Lord until he comes. That's a clear as day uh, command to Christians. As sometimes I meet people and they're like, I'm not a part of a church, I'm just going to do my own thing. Listen, it is a command from God to serve the Lord, and the way that we serve the Lord is through his local church as well. We see in scripture, because we know Christ is coming back, in 1 Corinthians 1.7, it teaches us that we are not to slack up one bit is the term. We're not to back up one bit. We're to continue on. We're not to put aside spiritual gifts that God has given to us. We're just to serve him with all that we have. As well in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 14, it tells us that we are to be without spot. Interesting. We're to be people who live our lives to the best of our ability with the absence of sin. We also t- it also tells us that we are to live uh, unrebukable before Christ when he returns. Now think about that for a moment. We should have a life and we should strive to have a life that there's nothing in it that Christ would rebuke us for when he returns. Now, just like right there, we could could sit for a minute and really ponder that. In uh, in Titus, it teaches us that we are to deny ungodliness, deny it. You're not going to have any part of my life. Anything that is not godly, anything that does not fit within what his word teaches us, we're to deny that. We're to push it away out of our lives, Uh, deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, and then we are to live soberly. We're to live righteously. We're to be serious people, serious minded people living righteously and godly until he returns. That's Titus chapter two, verses 12 through 13. In 1 John 2, 28, it also tells us that we are to live so we would not be ashamed when Christ returns. You know, you ever been ashamed? You ever have someone catch you doing something you should not be doing and immediately you were ashamed? I wish they had never caught me doing that thing. Hey, listen, Christ can return at any moment. So with every breath that we breathe, we are one moment closer to his return. Are you living your life in a way that you would not be ashamed if Christ were to appear at that moment? That's a that's a tough thing to think about. But that's what God tells us. And so he says to be patient, though. He says, endure what you are going through, endure the struggles of life because God is coming again. Jesus is going to return and uh, he's going to come and he's going to reward and he's going to judge and he's going to make all things right. And so we just need to sit back as Christians and just say, okay, I'm going to be patient and I'm going to endure what I'm going through because he's coming back. Honestly, we we talk about being ashamed when He returns, but I kind of hope that Christ will come back and catch me doing something right. You know, <laughs> you know. Often we're worried about, oh man, He's gonna He's gonna come back and I'm gonna be right in the middle of some great sin. I hope He comes back and finds me doing something right, something serving Him uh, in a way to to increase His uh, increase His kingdom. See, we've got to live our lives. We need to endure what we are going through, endure the struggles of life, endure the pain and the trials and the temptations in light of Christ's return. It's exactly what we need when we face the difficulties of life. I was thinking about it this way, you know, do you remember what it was like the first time your parents ever let you stay home alone by yourself? So for some of you, you've got to think back farther than others, I know, but uh, you think about it. I remember the first time my parents let me stay home by myself and well, the one thing about my parents uh, that they learned later on, but when they first started leaving me at home alone, they would tell me exactly when they'd be back. You know, <laughs> We're going to be home at 8 o'clock. Okay, great. <laughs> so 7 o'clock would come and 7.15 would come and 7.30 would come. And guess what would happen? I'd start tidying up a little bit the mess that I made, you know? <laughs> I'd uh, the TV would go off, you know, and everything would be put away, and out would come my homework, and I'd be sitting there at the kitchen table, diligently working on my homework as my parents walked in the door, you know, and wow, man. Now, they figured out later on, they never told me again when they would return, you know, and they just <laughs> pop in at a random time and catch me doing. Uh, but I was thinking about that in just a way that we can relate. You know, if you knew what time your parents were coming home, you'd make sure that everything was tidied up. You'd make sure you'd stop fighting your brother and the little siblings would stop crying. And you'd make sure that everything was right so it looked great. Your house was in order as a teenager, uh, uh, that everything was right when the parents came home. And that's how it is with our, with our uh, walk with the Lord, though. Not that we're getting away with stuff and we know when he's coming and then we get everything right. Can you imagine if God said, I'm returning on this specific? Day, man, there would be a great flood of righteousness that would take place, you know, right before he returned. Uh, It wouldn't be enough, though, would it? And so he tells us, Live your life because I'm returning. Meaning, always, you're always prepared. You're always at the kitchen table doing your homework. You're always making sure your house is in order. You're making sure your life is right with God because he could return at any minute. And so be patient and endure. Be patient and endure. It's hard to endure, isn't it? It's hard to endure. It's hard to work through the trials, the temptations of life. But He says, if you'll endure, he said, take heart, Christ is coming again. But then James gives us some examples here in the passage. He tells us, be patient for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he also says then, be patient. And now he gives us some examples. Be patient as the farmer. Now, for us, it's hard to relate to a farmer, right? Anybody here a farmer? Anybody have a couple of crops? Maybe a few of you do. Uh, and uh, not much of us can relate to it in, in, in any, uh, any way, maybe in particularly, but we all understand the concept of farming and we understand what he's going to be talking about here. So let's look again at verse number uh, seven. So he says this, he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Then he says this, Behold the husbandman. Now that's someone who takes care of crops. So sometimes it's known as uh, someone who has a, a vineyard as well. But he's talking here about the precious fruit of the earth. So we understand this as being a uh, farmer. And I just want you to notice the word there, precious, for a moment. The harvest is precious to a farmer. He says, He waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. He adds the word long to a word that means long suffering. Long, long (laughs) patience, okay? Uh, Until he received the early and latter rain. And then he brings it here to us, verse 8. Be ye, so if you see ye, ye means me, be ye also patient. Stablish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. There he references again. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Now, he uses here the example of a farmer as a good example of someone who has true patience. Now, he gives us here the illustration of a farmer who has patience for the, uh, it says here, the rain. It talks about the early and the latter rain. Now, in Israel, their, their whole uh, season uh, system is totally different than the way that ours operates and so forth. In Israel, they would actually plant the seed. They would uh, have the furrows and toil up the ground in the fall. In the season for us, which for us, typically there's harvest in the fall. In those days that are in, in Israel, that's when they would put the seed into the ground. And then typically there'd be a season of rain. That would be the early rain that would come and sort of germinate those seeds and things would start going. Well, then in the early spring, uh, February, March, our time would come uh, a further season of rain. They called it the latter rain. And that's really what would really push those crops to grow and to develop. But the thing that we note here is that a farmer... Uh, when they put that seed in the ground, they put that seed in the ground with the hope of what is to come. They're looking forward to the harvest. They're looking forward to, uh, uh, with expectation of what is to come. For many people in those days, a bad harvest equaled a bad entire year. And so for them, there was no government bailouts if the crops were bad. I mean, you had to, you, the, everything. And so with great expectation. But with that expectation of what was to come would also come a lot of seriousness and taking care of the land. I mean, there was a lot of difficulties to grow. We have this small little garden that Linda's been doing this year, and I feel like it's been forever to get little tomatoes like this, you know? And uh, she's been out there, and there's all these weeds and all of these issues, and then there's the neighborhood animals that come through, and there's all of this stuff that you have to do to protect the crop. And you think about that farmer all throughout that season as he's waiting from the early rain to the the last rain. I mean, he's protecting that, and he's, he's caring for it, and he's fighting against the trials of the wet weather and the insects and disease and weeds and uh, stickers and all of the issues that are there, but yet through it all, he says, the patient or the farmer patiently endures and he combats it. He fights it. He pulls the weeds. He chases away the animals. He endures all for the day of harvest that is to come. You know, for us as Christians, that's a great example to us because for each of us, you have to understand the harvest is coming for each of you. The fruit of what God is sowing in your life, the the, uh, the, the seed of the word that you continue to plant in your heart as you develop it, it will one day bring a harvest if you protect it, if you fight for it. Farmer doesn't just go out there and throw the seed and like, all right, see you in six months. Absolutely not. He's involved. He's cultivating. He's caring for it. You know, as Christians, that's the way we need to look at the Christian life. That we come to church and we hear the Word of God preached and we read the Word of God in our own personal devotions. And God begins to teach us and we begin to memorize His Word and understand what He's trying to say to us. We need to protect it and we need to guard it with patience, that endurance. We know trials are going to come. Some of you right now are in a trial. And the reason the trial has come or a temptation has come into your life, honestly, is because you're trying to follow the Lord. (laughs) And you're trying to grow in your walk with God. And so a difficulty comes. It's so amazing to me whenever I make a decision for God that immediately a temptation comes along. You ever notice that? Some of you who are new Christians, it's a little bit more alive to you uh, when you're a new believer because you're like, why is my life falling apart? I just became a Christian, right? (laughs) What is happening to me? And I've seen it so many times over and over and over again. And it's Satan coming to you. He's trying to discourage you. He's like the crow. I mean, we know know the parable of the seed being sowed, you know, and the animals that come and he tries to snatch away the word. Satan comes and he discourages us. But he says, be like the farmer and just be patient in it. Mm. Cultivate it, protect it. Do the right things there. Uh, uh, And then as well, he gives us a couple specific things. Notice there how he said that we are to establish our hearts for the coming of the Lord. What does that mean? That means, again, uh, focus your heart, focus your mind upon his return. Look for it every day, just as in that early harvest time, the farmer's going out and he's checking the plants. I know when we first planted that garden there at our house, the boys every day were going out there and looking for it, you know, every day. I mean, it didn't matter. That seed was in the ground and they're like, I think I see a carrot. You know, Uh, it doesn't just happen like that, but they're checking it and, 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 and that's what you've got to do. You got to go and you got to check it and and look for that day of harvest that is to come. And so he says, Stablish, set upon, fix, made fast. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 15 58 that tells us, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he says, establish your hearts, be patient, establish, be fixed on Christ. But then he also says, in a verse, number, uh, verse number nine there, he says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Here's another thing. So he says the farmer's patient. He protects his crops. At the same time, he's established. He's looking forward to what is to come. And then he says, don't grudge your neighbor, though. or Don't grudge one against another. Now, the spiritual aspect of this, of course, is that because we're living in expectation of Christ's return, our personal focus is on him, meaning we don't have a lot of time to have issue with other people. That's the way I see it. We don't have time to have a lot of issues. And he says, don't, have, don't hold grudges. Don't, uh, uh, the, the idea here is the idea of complaining or gossiping about one another, about blaming one another for your own issues. <laughs> you know, you've heard sometimes of disputes between farmers, you know, and you know, your crop was, was bad and it came over into my crop and ruined my crop. And <laughs> all these ideas of looking at, at, at somebody else, okay, in the Christian life, there's a lot of temptations with that. We look at another person, and we try to blame them for our problems. You know, why am I so angry? Well, it must be my spouse's fault. <laughs> why, why, why am I having trouble at work? Well, it's definitely that person, you know, <laughs> that co-worker who doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing. And so we always blame and we push things on, the other, uh, on other people. But as we saw in James chapter 3, our study there, uh, there's a great danger in allowing our words and our heart to be that kind of a person that's, uh, that's attacking and accusing to, to others. Remember, a good farmer cannot get, get distracted. A good farmer cannot be out like, uh, you know, doing other things and be distracted uh, from his care for the crops. And as a believer, there's too much at stake for us to waste our time uh, in careless treatment of one another. It says don't be that kind of person. Just endure. Just be patient. Even if you have to endure a little bit from outside or from within, Just endure, just be patient, because the harvest is coming. Good things are coming. Christ is returning. And so he says here, be patient as the farmer. But then he gives us another example. Number three, he says, be patient as the prophets. Be patient as the prophets. Well, what do you mean the prophets? How can we even relate to the prophets? Look at verse number 10. He says, take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction and of what? Patience. So he says, here's the farmer. He's over here doing his thing. He's being patient. He's enduring for the harvest. But also remember the prophets, how they, when they gave the word of God and they preached for the Lord, uh, they were an example to us of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Now, again, today, we don't want to look at examples of suffering and affliction and patience, do we? We want to see examples of people who got rich overnight. We want to see examples of someone who, man, built an empire out of nothing. And we want to see these good stories. And that's why your Netflix and your Amazon Prime is full of movies with happy endings, right? And when you watch one of those movies and it just sort of the guy dies eyes in the end. You're like, what? You know, we get really upset and we get frustrated about it because we want to think that everything's happy, happy. But he says, here's an example of someone who was suffering in affliction. They are an example to you. You should look to them and be like, whoa, hey, maybe that's me. What he's saying is this. Look at those that have gone before you. Look at those people who uh, have gone before you. Men and women who believed and hoped in God and bore witness to God. Look at how they faced trials and temptations, but yet they patiently endured. Yet they continued to combat and conquer the challenges that came their way. Look to the prophets and you will have a great example of those who followed the Lord in patient endurance. And Hebrews chapter 11 is probably one of the greatest passages uh, around this subject of the prophets and the things that they went through, those that came before us. And I want to read you just a, a short snippet of it. He says that others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. So, right there, mocking, scourgings, bonds, and imprisonment. Right there. 27, they were stoned. They were sawn asunder. That means cut in half, in case you're wondering. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Sounds itchy. Being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy. I love that. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains. I can relate. And in dens. And caves of the earth. He gives us example of those that came before and how they endured great trials and temptations of life, yet they stood fast. They kept their faith in God. They combated the trials and the temptations every step of the way. They refused to give in. They refused to question. They refused to moan and grumble and complain against God. And they continued through all of that, they continued to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what I love. Even despite all of the challenges, they continue to tell others about him. They continue to speak up for him no matter what came their way. What a testimony to us. And that's why James is saying it to us. He says, be patient, endure, church. Just like those that have been through so much difficulty, yet they still follow God. In the same way, you can also do the same thing. We are so easily discouraged, aren't we not? Man, I had such a difficult day at work. I'm just going to, oh, I just want to get through church and I go home and go to sleep. Right? <laughs> I'm not feeling good today. Oh, I just, uh, I'm not going to read my Bible, right? Yeah, you know, things just aren't really working out that good in my life and things. I'm just, uh, man, I just, I need a break from church for a while. I just need to sort of step away for a bit. These people went through tremendous trials, tremendous difficulties, yet they still proclaim the word of God, yet they still live for him. And James is saying, look to them. You know what that means? Get your eyes off yourself, <laughs> Obviously, we look to Christ, but we're to look at others who are examples. Paul said, uh, follow me as I follow Christ. And so he says, look to the prophets, look to those when you're in a time of discouragement, when another uh, when another sinner isn't kind to you. Look to them. Look to the word. Remove yourself from the equation and just follow God. Look to the examples who've gone before. Can I tell you, it's the same God. Did you know that? It's the same God who is there to help them as they face being cut in half, as they face imprisonment, as they face so much difficulty. It's the same God that you serve today. And I believe that he can help you get through that financial difficulty you're going through. I believe that God will give you the strength to deal with that family member. Man, our stuff is so trite, isn't it, if you really think about it, right? Oh, that family member, it consumes us, you know? That person who hurt us, it consumes our lives and this guy's and, and, the, and those that came before us are more worried about just if my head's still going to be on my body at the end of this day. But he says, look to them as examples of endurance who still, no matter what they're going through, serve the Lord. I believe it'd be great for us as a church if some of us would get our eyes off of maybe our situations a little bit and start just trusting in God a little Amen. bit more. Right. Amen. Instead of being so inwardly focused, be a little bit more outwardly focused. Trusting in Him a little bit more and recognize you're not the only ones who've been through difficult times. We live in a fallen, broken world. You are going to have trials. They beset you on every side. As a Christian, if you are not going through a time of difficulty, I would be concerned because the Bible tells, it, tells us that be sure, be sure, be sure that you will suffer persecution and you will suffer difficulty for my name's sake. And so we need to trust in Him. Be patient. Endure, He is saying, as the prophets. And then in verse number 11, He gives us another great example where he tells us to be patient as Job. It's pronounced Job, in case you're wondering, Job. Patience as a job. Yes, that's right. I need to have it endure my job. No, patient as Job. It was pronounced Job before it was job. All right, look at verse number 11. He says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. That's a great promise. Happiness comes to those that endure. You ever been through a difficult time and you've endured it and you're like, I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, happiness comes. Then he says this. You have heard of the patience of Job. That's the word that I mentioned at the beginning of the message, meaning you are constantly under stress and you just, you just bear it. You just constantly bear it. You've heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I just finished actually reading through the book of Job in my personal uh, devotions and you don't see anyone really in Scripture who suffered trials and temptations and difficulty as much as he did. In a matter of just a few hours, he suffered complete bankruptcy. The loss of his property, his livestock, his employees, and then in probably the most difficult blow of all, losing his children in an accident just like that. And then to top it all off as he's dealing with that and going through that suffering and mourning and trials, of course, there was the physical issues that came into his life, but then his wife, uh, today, we would say she verbally attacked him uh, over and over and over again uh, for his faith, refusing or encouraging him to curse God and to die. And, and uh, his friends came along and discouraged him. But yet we see in Scripture that Job never gave in to those challenges, did he? He never gave in to that trial. He never submitted to the temptations to forsake his faith in God. He did not ever understand what was happening to him. I want you to know Job never got an explanation you know, sometimes we live our lives and we're like, well, one day I'll, it'll all just come clear to me. It may not, to be honest. It may not ever be made clear to you on this earth why you are suffering or why you're going through these challenges. But like Job, can I encourage you to endure and still have patience? There are some things in life that we may never know on this side of heaven. Why or what uh, or the reason that we went through it? But like Job, he patiently endured And in his life, he said this in these two verses. I love these verses from the book of Job. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Speaking about God. Though he slay me, though I lose my life. At the direct hand of God, he said, I will still trust in him. (laughs) Right? Then he said this, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. This was his response to his trials. He says, I know that God lives and I'm just going to trust in him. The point is this. Job kept his eyes fixed upon the end, that is, upon the Lord, as the verse said, and upon this great hope in the Lord. And his trust and his faith in God helped him through the trials and the temptations. And at the very end, the only thing that Job really had to rely on was simply the acknowledgement that God's presence was with him. I was sitting in a moment of, of contemplation this week, and I was asking myself this question, is God's presence alone enough for me to walk in faith? For him, Think about that. Is God's presence alone, the fact that God is here, is his presence enough for you to endure? Because here's what I came to as I was thinking about my own life. Often in my own life, God's presence isn't enough. I need some sort of tangible thing, right? Like, oh, he blessed with this area, or God gave me this, or this thing happened, and then I, I trust in that. But what if all of that was gone out of your life? No tangible, physical blessings that you could see whatsoever. And all you had left was the acknowledgement and the understanding that the presence of God is is with you. Would that be enough? Would that be enough for you to endure? See, that's the great lesson of Job is that he had nothing. Literally everything was taken from him except his angry wife. (laughs) And he maybe at some point was like, Lord, no, I don't know if you said that. (laughs) But he had nothing, nothing at all, nothing. But yet he had the presence of God. And it was enough for him to say, I know my Redeemer liveth. I think James' message here to us is simple as Christians. You know, we are to bear the afflictions and the trials and the temptations that we face in life, and we bear it by simply focusing upon the end result the fact that Christ is going to return. Amen. And as we do that, the compassion and the mercy of God will come upon us. And God can actually deliver you from those difficulties through your trust in His presence. But it all comes down to patience, just the willingness to endure so that God gets the glory. You know, in the verse there, it said in verse number 11, it says, Happy are those that endure. And I was thinking about that in light of our trip this week. You know, Sally (laughs) had to endure a lot this week, Uh, it was very difficult. And I know she'll tell you uh, that it seemed like it would never end. And uh, you've never lived until you've heard Julius yelling at the trail that we were hiking on, Won't you just end already? <laughs> and uh, yeah, there were some raw emotions, we'll just say out there. Yeah. It's one of those things, what happened on the mountain stays on the mountain. We don't talk about it too much. But it was difficult. And it was challenging. But you know what? She endured. She endured. And now Sally can say to all of you, I did it. <laughs> it wasn't easy. It wasn't fancy. I I did not dance my way through it. I endured. I endured. I endured. And now she's accomplished a 44 kilometer hike, which most of you will maybe never do. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) It took longer than she planned, but in the end, she accomplished something incredible and amazing. You know, for us as Christians, what you are going through right now may not be what you expected. The temptation that you're continually facing, the trial that you thought you were done with that's now back, you may face it again and again. It may seem that the time uh, time that you're in, the challenge that you're in will never end. But I want to encourage you, what James says to us, just be patient, endure. The return of Christ is at hand. And so because we know the return of Christ is coming, let's continue to follow him. Let's trust him with our hearts and with his minds. And in his timing, you will experience his mercy, his grace, and all of the fulfillment that you need to get through what it is that you're facing right now. You will experience the great blessing of resisting temptation. And ultimately, for all of us, we're going to receive that blessing of seeing our Savior face to face. So let's live with patience, James says. Don't turn on each other, but turn to him. (laughs) Turn to Christ. Endure. Don't worry about everybody else. Just endure. Continue on. You know what? Joy always comes in the morning, right? Scripture tells us. And you may be in a time, a difficult season, but I promise you, you want to endure with grace. You want to endure in the right way. Don't lose your testimony during a time of difficulty. It's so hard. It's very hard. Don't lose your testimony. Don't don't lose the years that you have worked to be a witness and a testimony to your family members and lose it in just a moment of frustration. Endure. Endure continue on. Have that patience. Have the patience of Job. Have the patience of the prophets that continued on even in great difficulty. Let's be patient in expectation for Christ's return. We hope today's message was an encouragement in your relationship with Christ. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at N City Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you